Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. Hello, and welcome to Pilot Season Podcast. This is episode 28. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And if you're new to the show, uh, the Pilot Season Podcast is the is the show where we pick a pilot episode of a TV show, just the first episode. We watch it, we discuss it, we talk about it, we kind of break it down, we have a little fun with it. Every week, we take turns picking shows, and it's usually a show that neither of us have seen before, or it's been a number of years since we've seen it to the point of forgetting what it was all about in the first place. And this was my week to pick, and I picked the late 80s, early 90s classic uh, action-adventure MacGyver, (laughs) starring uh, Richard Dean Anderson, of course, as the the mulleted MacGyver, the art, our titular hero. The show ran from 1985 to 1992, uh, seven seasons, 139 episodes in all, and I can't remember ever watching it. I feel like this this came out during kind of like my formative years as a as a teenager. If it, like on paper, I feels like I feel like this is something I I would have watched and I should have watched. But I never did. Well, we watched it, but I think um, I was probably too young to really appreciate it. Mm. I mean, it started in 1985, so I was only nine. Um, I did make a couple notes. I forgot like how much I liked the music. I really remembered the music, like the opening credit. The theme music. song, yeah. Yeah. I would not have remembered it on my own, but as soon as mm-hmm. it started, I was like, yes! <laughs> and the other thing that I remembered is that I thought Richard Dean Anderson was so cute. That was the things, those were the things that I took away from the show <laughs> as a nine-year-old. <laughs> so it was a little bit of a different experience watching it, you know, this time around. Mm-hmm. In my house... Um, it was basically the shows that we watched were what my dad and or my brothers wanted to watch. And this was, you know, something that they definitely liked to watch. I'm pretty sure that they followed it for years. I don't know, you know, if it was the whole run, the whole seven seasons. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think we watched it at least early on, like the first couple of years or so. But it was it was kind of cool to I don't know I guess just be reminded like of this thing that I of course you never forget MacGyver people who've never even seen the show understand what MacGyver is because MacGyver is like a noun and a verb and (laughs) you know whatever so it was kind of cool I think to see it as an adult yeah and you're right going back to what you said about MacGyver in our like popular culture if somebody fixes something or does something clever and you say, oh, you really MacGyvered that. 
everyone in the room is going to know what you're talking about or is going to get the reference because MacGyver is a is a guy who lives by his by his wits and by using whatever is around him to solve a problem and 99% of the time he always has a he always uses a Swiss army knife and a paper clip to <laughs> to uh you know to 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 fix a problem or to get him out of a jam or something I mean, they, and they even uh, parodied MacGyver with uh, MacGruber oh, yeah. on Saturday Saturday Night Live, which that became its own thing. You know, MacGruber. <laughs> I mean, hell, they made a they made like a MacGruber movie. I don't even think I don't think MacGyver ever got a movie. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he got like a made-for-TV movie or something. But anyway, even if you have never watched an episode of MacGyver, you know MacGyver. You, you know all the stereotypes that go along with MacGyver. Mm-hmm. You know, like getting himself out of an impossible situation. Like I said, you know, using his brains instead of uh, a weapon. You know, and he he was kind of like the like the thinking man's secret agent. I kind of picked this. Like I said, I, I feel like it's something that I should have watched. I, I don't know why I never watched. MacGyver so, growing up. I didn't know that you didn't watch it. When you told me this was your pick, I literally just assumed that we were in the same boat on this. Like, we watched a number of episodes or a number of seasons, maybe didn't see it to completion. Like, mm-hmm. you're saying it went to 92. Like, we both would have been in high school. We maybe, like, moved on to, like, you know, other shows. Yeah. But I really thought you had at least seen... Some of the episodes, I, I just assumed. I didn't even ask you. No, I, I mean, I feel like I might have watched the odd episode here and there, but looking back, like, I don't know what was going through my mind that many years ago. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, I don't know if it conflicted with another show or if I just thought it was lame for whatever reason. Watching it now, I, I feel like a lot of it still holds up. Absolutely, yeah. That is one of the first things that... You know, I thought we were probably only five minutes in, not even, couldn't have been ten minutes in, and that was one of my first thoughts was like, this really still works. This absolutely is a show that I would watch. I mean, sure, it's not without a sprinkling of 80s cheesiness. Like, there's a Mm -hmm. couple of things that were just like really you guys <laughs> and you have to like give it a pass because you know what it is time yeah but at the same time the like the story itself is not unlike a story that we would see in a current mm-hmm. like smart drama yeah, you I know I, I think uh, you know a few tweaks here and there a few updates and this could easily be well I forget that they have They've rebooted MacGyver. For right. there's there's a new MacGyver. Is that still on? Uh, yeah, I I didn't think it made it past the first season, but apparently it was renewed for the. Oh. It's on. It's still on. Okay. Um, that's one of those things where I'm just like, nope. I don't have a like a lot of affinity for the original MacGyver, but at the same time, I I st- I do feel like it's a. It's kind of sacred. Yeah, there's there's definitely something there that like when I first heard that they were remaking the show mm-hmm. that I was a little bit cranky about. 
And again, I did profess my love of Richard Dean Anderson. Just I thought he was cute. Mm-hmm. And um, like I, I don't know, it just seemed like this, like, really, are we, are we redoing this? Like we're redoing mm-hmm. every freaking show. It's like, come well, on guys. But they, maybe. You know, they're redoing Magnum PI, which don't even get me started on that. Okay. We don't have to go there right now. No, okay. we shouldn't. But maybe, I don't know what it's like to be a television executive <laughs> or whatever, but maybe somebody watched it and was like, holy shit, this holds up. We can totally do this. Mm-hmm. Maybe that it was that simple, you know. So, I don't know. But absolutely, the the concept of the show, the the and, and even the story of, you know, the pilot. Like, this one story, for the most part. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is... Still... It's kind of impressive that this was 1985 mm-hmm. and... Seriously, very little that I was just like, oh no. Yeah, it like it's, it was just good. It, yeah, there, 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 there were not a lot of things that made it dated. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I jotted down the, uh, the, the premise of the pilot, and I'll just read it real quick. Um, a mysterious explosion demolishes an underground lab. Uh, can MacGyver single-handedly rescue the trapped scientist and stop a deadly chemical leak? The answer is yes, of course. Check, check, check. <laughs> the thing that I, I liked about this, and this was probably not unusual for shows at the time where, and I think we've talked about this on, on, the, on the podcast before, but shows that we watch now, everything's got to be explained. Everything, everybody's got to have a backstory. Everyone's got to come from somewhere. Everyone's got to have an origin. But... You know, in this episode, I mean, we're just dropped in. Like, it, I mean, first of all, we, we get a cold open like a James Bond movie where MacGyver is, you know, he's scaling this mountain to, um, well, what we think is to rescue this uh, uh, Air Force pilot who crashed a plane who's being held by the Chinese government or the Chinese army. Something maybe. you just said somewhere in Central in Asia. Central Asia. Yeah, there's like a a, an, a Chinese tent city on top of a mountain. <laughs> that that I I thought was that funny. That was one thing where I was like, "Come on, guys, what the heck? How did they get all that stuff on top of the mountain? They had like a like Sherpas, like or... a dozen tents. I mean, yeah, like. Um, but MacGyver was originally sent there to uh, disable a, a missile that was on the plane, and he did not know that the pilot had survived. So his mission had taken an unexpected turn which he you know totally compensated for and yeah so we're we're just dropped into you know he's already in the middle of a mission which he completes surprisingly how he managed to do that wearing that bright red tassel cap it's in my notes and those those bright blue boots <laughs> not very subtle uh, you know um, that that was one of my only complaints in this episode. I was like, okay, let me see if I got this straight. <laughs> you appear to be climbing what is an atrocious cliff, not even a mountain. No, it's like a sheer. It's, it it just literally goes straight up. Yeah, it's like a sheer cliff face with no gear. Yeah, he's just climbing, he's there, just freehanding it. And we we know because he comments a couple of times that he doesn't like heights, so he's literally climbing the face of this giant ass cliff thing mm-hmm. with no gear 
and I I wrote bright red hat with a ball on top. Yeah, like, with the, with like the, a yeah. winter type of hat. With a, with a little poof on a top. A little poofy, yeah. Uh, maybe you could use some camo or something. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever. Just but wear of course some, he, just, just wear some brown. <laughs> yeah, any just not red and blue. Yeah, not red and blue. Um, so yeah, makes it to the top of the mountain. No big whoop. And like you said, he has a mission which is disable the missile. But oh, save somebody's life while I'm at it. Cool beans. Mm-hmm. Like ain't no thing. Cause yep. I'm a giver. Yeah. And so that that was probably like my only beef was climbing with like literally no gear and like literally like what are you wearing right now? Right. Um but yeah, it it was cool. It I mean, you, like you said, just kind of drops you into this is what he does. Like he disables the bomb. Of course, the bomb the detonator, whatever, mm-hmm. turns on, and he's got a mere 30 seconds to disable it with what looked like a, I don't know, like a putty knife or something. I don't know what that thing was. And then, of course, the trusty paperclip. Right. It was like, dude, you should get out the paperclip, <laughs> unfold it, and bend it into this configuration ahead of time. You're, you're wasting precious seconds here. But, hey, well, it's MacGyver. He can pull this shit well, off. I'm just impressed that... In that big, in that like shoulder bag that he had, that he was able to reach in there immediately find a paper clip. Right. I mean, I can't find anything as quickly as he found that paper clip inside of his satchel. Listen, my badge for work was at the bottom of the bag the other morning, and I was a hot mess because I could not. I had to stop everything, <laughs> dig everything out of yeah. my bag. My badge is noticeably larger than a paper clip, but hey. And and you didn't have a missile. Like a like on a timer ready to explode right into your not. head. I did not. So there was significantly less pressure. Yeah, for you to but <laughs> maybe his bag is super MacGyver organized. Like he knows exactly where to go. Or to the mini pocket that holds the paper clips. Maybe it's just a bag full of paper clips. There's that too. Like <laughs> there's nothing in there with paper clips. Wouldn't that be amazing? He just reaches in yeah. handfuls of paper clips. <laughs> but if you're a MacGyver and you're using at least one paper clip per episode. Then yeah, you better have a satchel full of like straight yeah. up paper clips. At, at that point, you better just invest in paper clips. Yeah. So there was also um, like a bit of a, a narrative, like uh, where he's telling as he is completing the mission. He's um, yeah. There's a little bit of a voiceover. Yeah, voiceover where he's telling us like like a story, and I found myself sitting there thinking, I don't hate this. I feel like I get kind of nitpicky about those mm-hmm. types of, you know, voiceover explanations or whatever. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just giving him, like, a pass because I'm like, Richard Dean, where you been? <laughs> but also, I think because it wasn't just stupid. It wasn't like, it, you know, he he wasn't like, yeah, I'm a guyver. I fix things with paper. Like, he wasn't stating the obvious. Yeah. He was, like, telling a story that was supposed to, was, like, relate to, yeah, you know, what he was, what he was working his on. His current situation, yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah, I just, I didn't hate it. And I was like, that's how you do, like, a voiceover, mm-hmm. narrative, explanation, these kinds of scenes in shows that just get under my skin because they're either not necessary because I have eyes and mm-hmm. I can see what's happening, so I didn't need your explanation, or it's just... 
not helpful. Like yeah. the explanation is just like literally not helpful. Doesn't move the story. I don't know. Well, and it worked. And I was actually surprised when the narrative did not continue. I was kind of in the same boat. Like I didn't mind the narrative, and I fully expected to hear more of him talking throughout the episode. Now maybe that that's something they continue in the series. I don't know. I, like I said, I. I've never watched enough of it, or I just don't remember enough of it to know if that's something they continue or not. But if they did, I mean, like we said, it would definitely work. I felt like the the narrative was supposed to go along with that little bit of mission that we saw. Yeah. Then the main part of the show was this um, chemical lab thing that happened, which was a totally different like scenario. Mm-hmm. So... And I, you know, I don't recall if he did that in like all the shit, all the episodes, but um, I, it didn't bother me that it was only in the beginning because I mm-hmm. felt like those those pieces went together, and then by the time we got to the chemical meltdown thing, we were in the heart of the actual story. Yeah. So he wasn't gonna like burden us with an extra yeah. you know, here's another story and bog you down because right. now we're very focused on like everything that's happening yeah and well not only that like he was talking to the guys in the control center they were talking to him he was talking to the people he was rescuing right. there was a there lot was, of conversation there was that a lot, first little yeah, bit it probably would have been it probably would have been very confusing yeah had there been the extra voice you know, you know, his voice in his head, and then his voice actually speaking. Narrative placement approved. <laughs> <laughs> so he successfully uh, disables the missile, rescues the pilot. They they escape on one parachute, which I feel like would not have worked so well. I don't. But I get it. It's it's MacGyver. It's, it's the really first episode. Sure. I just don't think those those um, parachutes are are really set to to carry two people. Well, but I guess you, you can know. look at it this way: two fit men, mm-hmm. maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah, okay, not too much body yeah. fat. Oh, I'm not gonna. And then he made the little. What do you? Uh, he took the flare gun and he. Is that what you're talking about? The propeller. Type of, he propelled them. Like, yeah, off he of... he he took a rock and he beat the the barrel of the of the flare gun from the plane, so it became narrower. And so when he shot it off, he used it to to shoot them off the mountain to get away from the I guess again Chinese army. I don't know. Sorry, China, if that's <laughs> <laughs> if it's you. But you know, maybe that mission success maybe that helped or whatever. But yeah. I don't know. So, cut to an undetermined amount of time later. He's at home in Griffith Observatory in Los Angeles. He He's living in, like, a planetarium with giant telescopes. I don't know. Why would you not want to yeah. live in a planetarium? And he's he's there with his little brother, and it's not his real little brother. It's I guess he's in the big brother, little brother program. Um, Did you recognize the little brother? No. Who was it? Dudley from Different Strokes. Shut up. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
I thought he looked familiar, and then I, I looked it up on IMDb, and and yes, his little brother was Dudley from Different Strokes. Okay. And you know, and 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 then while they're there, um, his handler. Um, it, it's never disclosed what agency he works for, or if he's a freelancer, or what his his deal is. It, it, you, we don't know if it's you know a part of the military, part of the government, um, some separate organization. I think later on they actually do give a name. I think it's, it's one thing I do remember. He, he worked for uh, it was called the Phoenix Foundation. Was the organization yeah, that, that he rings a bell. that he worked for? Um, that is not disclosed in this episode. Again, it's just very, uh, very vague. You know, the, uh, his handler flies in on a helicopter, gives him the lowdown about the um, the explosion and the subsequent uh, you know disaster that's going to happen, and the two dozen people that are trapped underground, and then proceeds to say. You don't have to take this mission if you don't want to. And he's like... It's cool, man. If you don't want to go, it's cool. Like, what if MacGyver was like, oh, that's awesome, man. I I, I just wanted to kick back and... Ted, I told you I scheduled PTO. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think MacGyver ever says no. No. Because let me tell you some notes that I made about MacGyver, who he is. He is a scientist, an athlete, a Boy Scout, upstanding citizen, big brother, gentleman, and romantic. Wow, yes, he is all those things. Well, he's not he's not turning anybody away. A helicopter just set down in the middle of his street. He doesn't <laughs> tell them no. He's like, "Sign up, sign me up. Let's do this. Let's go save a bunch of people." Well, with my smart brains, he's probably making that fat cash too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how else do you live in Griffith Observatory? <laughs> right. <laughs> Similar to what you wrote about MacGyver's, uh, you know, what makes a MacGyver, what the pedigree of a MacGyver. Uh, I wrote that uh, I really, I really dig how he was always calm throughout the entire yeah. episode, no matter what happened. He was always calm. He always had like a positive, I, I wouldn't say like happy-go-lucky attitude, but but a little like he was a little cavalier about things. But he, you know, but but not to the point where he didn't take it seriously. You know, he was a little a little roguish sometimes, um, and he like he he wasn't a dick. He wasn't like the alpha male. The most yeah. intense he got was when he was like, "Come on, MacGyver." Yeah, well, trying to think when he of, was like, give, the right chemical When he was giving whatever. himself the, the, the science pep talk. Yes, I can do the science. Come on, MacGyver. <laughs> and it, it would have been funny if, like, and then he talked back to himself, back off, MacGyver, if he was like, <laughs> what if, like, MacGyver was actually a raving lunatic, mm. and he just made this, like, half this shit up as he went, and didn't actually know science, and he was just jamming paper clips and things, hoping it worked. Yeah. <laughs> um, Be one lucky SOB. That's right. Um, so the, the one, so, um, before the explosion happens, we get a little glimpse into this research facility and, uh, there's a visiting scientist who's there to help the, I guess, like the kind of main resident scientist there with some research and he's, and, and uh, 
Spencer, Barbara Spencer is the, the, the woman who's giving him the tour and they meet up with the, the resident scientist and I guess they're friends or they correspond or by telex. They, they, they play. I know. I was like, they play, what now? They, they play chess by telex, and she's ready to continue the tour of the facility, and, he, and the American scientist says, whoa, let's, let's hold on. I, I couldn't let you go any further if we didn't stop and play chess. And I'm like, man, what a way to kill the momentum of the show by watching two old men play chess. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Thank God the bomb went off. Because that was the only thing that would have kept me from killing myself at that point. Oh. Um. So yeah, so they you know they bring MacGyver in. He, you know he he talks with the the guys in charge and like another action hero or another character would have kind of come in and like you know swung his dick around and be like I'm I'm in charge now or you know. <laughs> swung his dick around. <laughs> But he's like, but he, but he, like, he's nice to everybody, and he's like respectful of everybody, and I know, you know, but you know, so, but you know what I mean. Like some characters are just like, all right, give me the lowdown. What's going on? Right. You know, I got to get these people out of here. He's walking around like shaking hands, introducing himself. Yeah. Like, oh, Jones, are you any relation to? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so he's kind of he's kind of making his way down, you know, into the the lower. Levels. He's rescuing the the other scientists and lab workers and whatever. And that's when he. Oh, and it, it, one of the things I thought was funny was, um, again, this was of the time, but like literally everybody was smoking in this in, this, in a chemical yeah and laboratory it, right. or whatever. Everyone's like smoke him if you got him, Johnny. Yep. And everyone in the control room smoking. And MacGyver even says like, oh. Can I bum a smoke? Takes this guy's whole pack with him, and he, and then he basically like uses he he he's smoking three cigarettes at once, and he, then he disables the he uses the smoke to disable to help him disable the lasers. Right, but he makes sure this. to cough a couple times to show us he's yeah. such an upstanding guy that he would never be yeah. a smoker. Smoking's bad, kids. Right? Yeah. Ugh. That was at the part where I wrote Boy Scout. Literally, yeah. I'm like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Even conveying a positive mes- message about smoking without saying a word. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I digress. No, that was uh, again. That's you know, classic Mac. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, just Mac or MacGyver, I think it's it's several years before you actually find out his first name. Like he just goes by MacGyver for the almost the entire duration of the show. And I know at some point you do find out his first name. What is it? Angus. Hmm. Angus MacGyver. Eh. Kind of took the wind out of your sails with it that did. one. It did. It did. Not a little. Not great. Yeah. I guess he's Scottish or I Scottish hear, descent. I hear Angus and I think ACDC, and that's not really like a pretty picture. Or you think like <laughs> beef. That. Angus beef, you know. That, yeah. Or anus. Okay. You know, that's Let's not... Let's bring it back here. <laughs> the one thing I, I kind of noticed was, you know, so about halfway through the mission, he, when he's rescuing the other lab workers before he gets to the two old men scientists, he picks up kind of a sidekick along the way. He picks up Barbara Spencer, 
who was who we see at the original or at the beginning of the episode, and she says, "I'm going to help you. I know where they are." And uh, at, at several times, as they're climbing around, going up ladders, down ladders, she's standing on his shoulders. I'm thinking, Barbara Spencer, you picked the wrong day to wear a dress to work. 1985, she probably wore a dress every damn day. Yeah. Yeah, and like every like ladder scene, I'm like, MacGyver, look at him, not looking up her skirt. But you know he had to, I mean, even if he wasn't trying to, you know he accidentally caught a glimpse. Oh, hell yeah. That's, because... You can't. Like, yeah, you can't not. I mean, he was like right below her on the ladder, and then she was on standing on his shoulders using uh, chocolate bars to stop a a acid leak in, in this there. big... Yeah, who hasn't? Yeah. And he's handing her up chocolate bars, and, you know, he has to look up. You know, I'm surprised he wasn't like, so, Barb, who does your landscaping? You know? <laughs> oh, my God, you are on a roll tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the, the episode kept, like, it just kept escalating the danger. So it was like at one point I wrote... 31 minutes until they either die by acid, gas, or a missile. That is true. The acid was leaking. They, 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 had, they had to, to get they, through they, the gas. Yeah, they had to stop the gas before they got to the acid. Right, right, right. And then the missile thing was, well, of course we have to like blow the joint up. Right, because the, cause the problem was the chemicals were very close to leaking into the... Aqueduct into the yeah into the and it would have contaminated the entire water supply for like three states or something like that. So they're like, well, we'll you know we'll blow this place up with a missile before we let that happen, and to hell with whoever's left down there. I mean, sounds fair. Yeah, you know. So not our fault you're underground, dummies. No, it's not our fault you decided to do science yeah. and and be a scientist and right. work in a lab. Nerd should have worked at Kmart like everyone else. Hello. <laughs> I also wrote uh, at one point. I, I don't even know what what was going on, but I think it was just the culmination of everything that had gone up that happened up to that point. And I just wrote so much science. Like there was a lot of science going on. There in this was episode. a lot of science, but like and, you know, and I wrote like, and, and we've said this already. Like it's still like totally interesting, and it's actually smart television. And I feel like. Okay, I don't know. Sulfur dye, whatever. I don't know what that even is. But I trust that what you're saying is, like, based on real science. Mm -hmm. Even if you made it all up, it sounds freaking amazing. But, like, there aren't that many shows anymore where I feel like they do that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it kind of, okay, so it, what it reminded me of in that way was kind of like Sherlock Holmes, and I really like Sherlock Holmes mm -hmm. for one of the reasons is for that reason. Like, it's it's intelligent, mm -hmm. you know, um, and there's actual science involved, and they probably have, like, science, you know, consultants or whatever, yeah. you know, on the show. And I, and I even made a note somewhere in here. I think at the end that I'm sort of like re in love with the show at this time when it feels like you know science is constantly questioned or ignored mm -hmm. or like science is just so stupid <laughs> whatever 
And it's like, no, it's real. Yeah. You know? And here he is, like, total brainiac. Mm -hmm. Totally under pressure. And he's like, well, if we, you know, mix this with this or do-to-do, like, holy shit, how do you just know this? And and What's great about the character as he's doing all this stuff is just his sheer confidence. Like, there's no second guessing. He's like, there's no time to explain anything. Let's just... I need this, I need this, I need a little bit of this. Find me a container with this, and, you know... And it's not arrogance, it's just, like, confidence. Mm-hmm. And it, and and, it, and that also goes back to him being, like, just super calm under pressure. It's It was very refreshing to have a main character like that, who... He wasn't, like, angst-ridden, or dark, or brooding, or... Like, he's just a nice... Swinging his dick around. Swinging his dick around, exactly. <laughs> Swinging his Angus around, you know? Oh, God. He, you know, he's he's just, like, always a nice guy. He's just a nice guy with a He doesn't swear. brother. Yeah, with little Dudley back at the observatory. Right. Even, Teaching him about science and stuff. Even when he got mad at some point... Uh, it was at the very end when you find out that the the American scientist was the one who actually caused the explosion, and he pulled a gun out of a filing cabinet. I I, I wrote down, you know, like at this point, after all the shit that's gone on, the uh, the lab exploding, um, gas leaks, potential missile strikes, you know, people injured, and the the, the entire lab is in ruins. What's the point in pulling a gun? Like, why even admit that like all this stuff happened? You know, I mean, it was just it was just dumb. I get it. We had to know who caused it because we saw the bomb as they were playing chess. We saw the you know, simultaneous shots of of the the timer with the you know the the C four or the plastique or whatever. So we knew someone had actually rigged the bomb to blow. We didn't know who it was, and we had to find out who the bad guy was. But even his his reasons, his motivations were not villainous. He he was trying to stop his research from being turned weaponized. In, weaponized. Yeah. And he, his his reasoning was, well, if I plant this bomb and he was trying to actually kill himself and his colleague because they were the two leading they were the only ones yeah. who knew enough about it about that the science that they yeah. could be forced to like recreate it or whatever. Yeah. So his thinking was, if they were both dead, it would set science back twenty years. Yeah. So even then, like his motivations were somewhat. I mean, the, the way he went about it was questionable, but his his the reasoning was somewhat honorable. So that you know, you can't even say he was the bad guy. The biggest hero. In this whole episode, was not MacGyver. The paperclip. It's not 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 even the paperclip. Ooh. It was the one guy in the control center who recognized like three seconds of Morse code immediately. When when MacGyver was in the depths of the lab, um, like seconds away from having the missile come down on them, and they had no way of of communicating to let them know that they were alive. He was flicking the power off and on throughout the entire complex. You know, if, if, if probably if you were any other person, you'd be you'd, you'd be thinking, "Wow, this place got rocked by an explosion. It's only a matter of time before the power started acting up." Because everything else, I mean, like they were trying to fix things. The circuit boards were frying. 
You know what I mean? So yeah. why wouldn't you just think, like, you would just assume, oh, man, we got to get out of here. The power is getting ready to go. But that one guy, he recognized Morse code. I watched him, too, because he immediately, he was the one guy, he grabbed his clipboard and a pen, and he started jotting things down as as lights were flickering. <laughs> and I'm like, there he is. That's our hero. Nice. Because if it wasn't for him, you know. They would have blown the joint up. Yeah, MacGyver would be dead. That had been your first and last episode, MacGyver. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, at, at the very end, he, you know, how you were talking about, you know, uh, MacGyver is a little, little bit of a romantic. He has his moment with uh, Spencer. Even though she got shot in the gut and they were trying to wheel her out and get her to a hospital, he's like, hold on. I want to get me some of that. Right. I want to get me some of that scientist sugar. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's how those nerds do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and then, of course, it, 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 it ends like it began. He's back at Griffith Absor- Observatory with his little brother. Just shooting hoops. Just shooting hoops in the house. Average day, who you know. Yeah. And it, and it ends with a freeze frame. <laughs> that was a very... Like eighties thing, I think, yeah. where the freeze frame, but the conversation continued. Kept, kept going, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely an eighties thing, yeah. yeah. Um, as we always do at the, you know, when we kind of wrap things up, we go back and forth and say whether or not this is something we would keep watching. So, I would definitely. What do you think? I would definitely keep watching it. I, you know, definitely have like a more of an appreciation for this show than I think I ever had before because like I said in the beginning I think I was too young to really get it like I understood the concept he's smart and he knows Mm -hmm. how to figure things out but I don't think I appreciated that it was actually like pretty well done pretty well you know written and 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 whatever I mean sure there's a couple cheesy things like the red hat and and whatnot but overall, I don't know, it's like a good show. And like mm-hmm. I said, that's just so many shows are just so freaking stupid <laughs> anymore. You know, there's yeah. there's nothing intelligent about them. Or it's just a recreation of a similar show. Like, oh, let's make another medical drama. Because mm-hmm. we haven't seen that 400 times. Right. You know, or legal drama or like fill in the blank you know like it's it's almost like the same shows over and over again and this was different you know and i like the idea of making like science cool and being smart cool Mm -hmm. so i feel like i would definitely keep watching this show i think i would i would also keep watching it i think maybe i i was laboring under the misconception that it was kind of a, a lame show or, you know, MacGyver. science isn't cool? You thought science <laughs> wasn't cool. That's true. Now science, you know. Science was the worst. Now it's the best. Mm-hmm. I think I felt like MacGyver was kind of like a goody-goody because he didn't use a gun. Um, although, he did... Uh, in, he actually did use... I, I, I did read this. He In the very beginning when he's rescuing the pilot... He does fire a rifle to give them some cover before he hands he hands the gun off to the pilot. That's the one and only time in the entire series that he uses a gun. In the pilot, huh? Mm-hmm. He, Interesting. Yeah, he does not use a, any kind of weapon 
and he kind of gunned for the remainder of the, the series. He just uses his brain. But yeah, I think I would watch it. Like you said, I feel like I have a better appreciation for it now, even though it's it, it almost strikes me in a way like a like an all ages kind of like a family friendly show. But it's still but it's not dumbed down or anything. It's still written very very smartly. But but it's something that everyone could enjoy. Right. You know, his language isn't vulgar or offensive. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a role model. Oh, that that's yeah, that's what I was going to say at one point like the one time he does show some anger or or I wouldn't even call it anger but like some frustration, he just says like gosh dang it. <laughs> like <laughs> file that under boy scout. Yep. I mean, oh MacGyver. So, so that's it. So yeah, I think and I I think we would definitely recommend People check out this this uh, this pilot. It was fun. You don't really have to invest a lot in it. It's it's just a it's just a fun episode. I don't know. You know, maybe not right away, but maybe one day we'll watch the the reboot, the pilot of the reboot, and see how that compares. Yeah. Just to uh, just to you know, just for fun. Just for curiosity's sake, since we did this one. And did you see who the executive producer? The Fawns. Exactly. Henry Winkler. Yeah, I forgot that there was a there was a long period of time where he he was like a a, a producer on a lot of TV shows in the eighties. Like he was definitely. I definitely remember seeing his name a lot in credits, but not as you know, mm-hmm. not as an actor, but as like you said, executive producer or producer so it's Fonz approved so there you have it (laughs) (laughs) that's right all right well is there anything else um you wanted to add no this was a good good call this was a a good choice yeah I was a I was a little apprehensive I wasn't sure how it was going to hold up but I'm, I'm happy to to have been surprised by it so yeah okay so well just to uh give you some more information about the pilot season podcast. Uh, again, if you're, uh, if you're just joining us, uh, thanks for listening and we hope you check out our other shows. You can find all of our episodes at our website, which is uh, pilotseasontv.blogspot.com. Um, hopefully we'll be getting a proper URL soon. We're on the social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can just find us um, at Pilot Season TV. You can fi- also find our episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and now um, Spotify. And if you want to email us with any, any uh, questions or comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at pilotseasonpodcast at gmail.com. So, that will just about do it for this episode of Pilot Season. Uh, Again, this has been Pilot Season Podcast, episode 28. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And we'll see you next time. See ya.